All right, welcome to this Faith Builders Church live stream. I hope you had a great Wednesday, and uh, I'll tell you what, if you didn't have a chance to listen to Pastor Barb's message on Sunday on overcoming discouragement, I want to I personally invite you to go and find that and watch that. You know, I see so many people in life that are discouraged, and it was just such a touching message to understand that, you know, there is hope, and there is love, and there is all of these good things that God has in store for all of us. But if we're not careful, we'll grow weary in doing good, and in due season we won't reap because we gave up. But never give up. And uh, Father, right now I just extend my faith to every person watching, and I just thank you, Father God, for meeting all your all their needs in accordance with the wondrous riches and glory found only in Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, right now for the anointing of God to just go into every single place that this is being watched right now. Most importantly, that that anointing enter the people that are watching, Father God, touching them, Father God, restoring them, Father God, bringing them into right standing with you, which is what you have called us to become. I give you all the praise, I give you all the honor, and I give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen and amen. Well, I'm going to be starting a brand new series uh, this evening, and it's called Refreshing Your Relationship with Christ. I tell you, we all need a refreshing. We all need a refilling. We all need to redevelop that hunger and that thirst for the right standing that God is calling us to. And over the next few weeks, I hope you'll just let this soak in. You know, get your earbuds in, listen to this again and again and again, because, you know, sometimes it's hard to get that motor started back up again. Sometimes, you know, life has happened to you and you got busy and you're doing all kinds of things and the cares of the world start to take over and COVID and the elections and, I mean, all the things that are happening out there. And all of a sudden, you find yourself not understanding how you're, you're slowly growing weary and doing good. And all of a sudden, you're like, I didn't realize that I, I really kind of let go of the things of God. You know, my, my word time you know, diminished or my prayer time diminished or, you know, I'm not a, as an effective witness as I used to be. Or, you know, my attendance at church is not what it used to be. Or, you know, my, my kids are, you know, out getting in trouble and, you know, I don't know what to do. And God, where are you? And, and all of that. But I want to bring you some faith-filled messages. You know, one of the things that I understand about refreshing my relationship with Christ is, num is point number one, I've got to become aware that, that, that I've lost that. I've lost that first love. That it, It's not like it used to be anymore. And I want to read a couple scriptures to you, and I hope that they encourage you in refreshing your walk. Because no matter where you are, in your walk with Christ, I promise you, he wants to refresh it again and again and again. You know, when is the day of my salvation? When is the day of your salvation? Today is my day of salvation, which means I need a fresh anointing. I need a fresh uh, enthusiasm and, 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 and expectation for the things of God today. I mean, yesterday's gone. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. All I've got is right here, right now. And I just want to supercharge all of you. So let's read in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. It says, 
I remember your genuine faith. That means he's remembering how it was when he started. It says, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Enos. And I know that that same faith continues to be strong in you. Okay? But it says, this is why I want to remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands upon you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, oh, and self-discipline. We love the power. We love the love. We love overcoming fear and, and intimidation and all of those kinds of things by that power, by that love. But there's also this thing called self-discipline. You know, sometimes you got to do the things that you, you, you just don't feel, your flesh doesn't feel like it wants to do. You know, I want to sleep in today. You know, I had a rough week and all of that kind of thing. Listen, the only way you're going to get over the rough week is to get yourself back on track with the things of God. Begin to confess over your life that Jesus is Lord. And, you know, I remember the faith that I had, well, I won't say how long ago it was, but it was in the early 90s. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you, I've never been the same again. I've never backslidden. I've never, you know, left in, in, out of anger, out of a, a church somewhere. I, I've just learned to just love God and love people. Love myself. That's the great commandment, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's hard to love others if you don't first love yourself. You can't give something you ain't God. So this thing of self-discipline, you know, renewing my mind to the way God sees me, the way God sees others, the way God sees the circumstances that I'm facing in my life, not the way I see my life. And so that is a constant hunger, a constant thirst for the things of God that says, you know what, as much as going to work is on my calendar or, you know, taking my, my beautiful wife or your husband out to, to, to dinner or, you know, all these important things on your calendar, as important as all those things are, where are the things of God? Are you as excited today as you were the day you gave your life to the living Savior, Jesus Christ? You made him your Lord, your Savior. You didn't come to him and say, well, you know, but this, but that. What about this? What about that? In the midst of all the obstacles that you were facing in your life, you made this incredible choice to give your life to Jesus Christ. And when you did that, you had this zeal. You know, zeal is wonderful. Zeal is great. Zeal is like, man, I don't know what I got, but I know it's real. I know it's changing my life. And you know what? I can't wait to go out and tell everybody about it and use what's in me and, and be the vessel of God's glory. And quickly you, you begin to discover as you do that, you don't always know all the things that you need to know. And so sometimes you can, you know, go out in the, in the faith of Jesus in your life, and all of a sudden things just don't go the way you planned them to go. Well, that doesn't change who God is. It just means that he's trying to command your attention to understand that he has a plan for your life. 
And you know what? There's nothing missing or broken in that plan. And the more you can discipline yourself to say, you know what? This is not working for me. This is my old self, my old nature creeping back in again, and it's popping its head up. And, I, I, you know, I, I've learned in my personal life, in my disciplined personal life, walking with Christ. And, you know, the discipline is a pleasure for me. It's not a difficulty. Uh, maybe I'll go into that in the next few weeks, but it's not a difficult thing for me. So I don't want you to think of me disciplining myself or you disciplining yourself as a negative thing. It's not negative whatsoever. It's positive in every possible way. But you've got to realize that, you know what, if something's not working in your life, something's missing, something's broken, and all of a sudden you start to see people or circumstances way up here, well, that's the space that God occupies, you ever said, you know, I've had it up to here with so-and-so, or you've heard someone say that? Well, that's not the place where people need to be. People need to be eye-to-eye. -eye. You know, we're all equal. And it's important that we see ourselves as not less than or better than, right? And it's also important we don't allow people to get up here, have it up here with people. No, just bring it back into that love. Bring it back into the timidity. Bring it back into the power that exists inside of you to overcome, not to make you better, not to allow them to, to create a circumstance that's so big that it's, you know, occupying the space that only God should occupy. And where do things belong? Things belong under our feet, our circumstances, our situations, whatever we're facing in our lives that says they are under my feet. They don't get to go where people get to go, and they certainly don't get to go where God goes. But that's going to take that incredible self-discipline to, I mean, reignite that fire over and over and over again. The Bible says, knock and that door shall be open to you. You know, uh, seek and you're going to find. The knocking and the seeking is a perpetual thing. It's not just rap, 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 doors open. No, it's, it's continually knocking, expecting that that door is going to be open, knowing that your Father will open that door to you, and God will do it for you. Revelation 2, 2 through 4, it says, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work. This is Jesus talking. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles, but they're not. You have discovered they are liars. But he goes on and he says, you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. That's all that disciplined life. That's all the doing, you know, that God has called you to do. But there's a difference between doing something God's called you to do with all your might, not leaning to your understanding and all your ways acknowledging him and just doing it for the sake of doing it. Because here's what he says in verse four. He says, but I have this complaint against you after doing all these great things. It says, you don't love me or each other as you did at first. You know, God is calling us to himself with love. God is love. And God wants to be at the center between us and him and us and people. And I'm telling you, God wants us to rekindle that kind of love, that kind of enthusiasm for the things that he has for you to do. 
It's not enough just to do them. That's what this, this scripture is saying. He's saying, hey, you've done all that you're, you're supposed to do. Hey, you keep doing it. Hey, you're a defender of the gospel, and I love you for that. But this one thing, this one complaint that I'd have, and it's little compared to all the things that you're doing for Christ, but he says he wants you to rekindle that love for him. And out of that love for him, you will rekindle the love for your brother, the love for your sister, the love for that person that you work with that doesn't know Jesus yet. And the more you can kindle that, the more you can put that at the forefront of the reason why you gave your life to Christ in the first place, rather than the problems and the circumstances and the setbacks and the failures and all the things that you're going through in your life that you don't know what, where to turn or what to do. I'm just here to tell you, as a carrier of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ, that if you just take that time to rekindle that fire, create that space on your calendar, I promise you God will meet you in those quiet times. Most of you know me as Pastor Paul. You see me behind this pulpit or you see me doing things around the church to, to pastor others. But I'll promise you this much, 98% of everything I do within my walk in Christ is not at this pulpit, is not in laying hands on the sick. It's not in praying for people. It's none of those things. It's my quiet time, that disciplined time that I have with the Lord where I can not only tell him what's going on in my world, but I can also proclaim to him his promises and say, God, these are your promises to me. I'm a man of God. You know, begin to confess that over my life so I don't get stuck in these little ruts. You know, God just wants more of our attention, more of our love. God doesn't look at the outward. He looks at the heart. And he wants to be the ruler of your heart. He wants to be the ruler of your mind. He wants to be the ruler of your emotions. Not because he's trying to take something from you. It's actually because he's trying to get something to you. Greater than you at your own personal best. God wants to take us from glory to glory. Which means I've got to let go of the things in this world. The cares of this world. And I can't be in the world and then act like it. I need to be in the world but not of the world. And I need to allow the Christ that's within me to rise up. And, and get my mindset on that thing and say, you know what? I can't do anything in and of myself. But through Christ, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's a whole different place than, oh, woe is me. And, oh, I've got this problem and that problem. God knows what you need. He already knows that. What he wants is your heart. What he wants is you to give those things over to him. What he wants you to do is just do your best like he's talking about in Revelation. Do all that you know to do, but then stand, therefore, and, and allow the mighty hand of God to move on your life. Cause you to see things in ways that you could not otherwise see them. You see, these are the times that I cherish in my own personal walk with Christ. I'm just a man. I'm just a person. I, I fall short of the glory of God all the time. 
But what I'm here to tell you is, is greater is he that's in me than the devil that's in this world that wants to distract me, wants to pull me off to the side, wants to cause me to think less of myself, wants to uh, cause me to think of myself as the victim rather than the victor. You know, we need to be overcomers. And the way you're going to do that is in that quiet time, that loving time, that quiet time with God where you're walking in that self-discipline to do what God's told you to do and do it with all your heart. You got a pep in your step. You got a stride in your or glide in your stride, and you are out there to make a difference in this world. And you're not asking the world if you can make a difference. You are the difference. You are going out with the demonstration of the power of God. This is the will of God. I want to talk to you a little bit about relationships, and I'm going to talk to you about the first one here tonight, and then I'm going to move on with those later. But I want to start with this competitive and controlling uh, type of relationship. We've all had relationships like this, but sometimes we want to outdo our brother, or we want to outdo our sister, we want to outdo this person or that person, or sometimes we think that God is, is controlling. You know, God's not controlling. God wants to liberate you. God wants to free you so that you're not under the controlling hand of the enemy that holds you back from everything that, that Jesus came and died so that you could achieve in your life. But sometimes we can see this in marriages, you know, this competitive, controlling. Sometimes we see this amongst, you know, men and women against each other and so on and so forth. These are not godly things. These are things that are not godly. And it's not godly to see God that way, you know, in a way that maybe he's, he's a controlling God. But let me read you a couple scriptures here. The first one is found in Romans 8 verse 1 through 4. So now there is no condemnation to those who belong to Jesus Christ. And because you belong to him, the power of the living spirit has already freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared uh, an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied in us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's liberty for everybody. There's no indifference any longer. It's not you trying to climb a ladder to God. No, we are all equal in God's sight. John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. Jesus came with the most powerful message that even the church struggles with today. He came with grace and truth. And that is a hard thing to grasp when you can think that, oh, he came with the gospel of grace and truth, the, you know, this unmerited favor of grace, and the law. And, you know, just because there's one doesn't negate the other. And the church is still struggling in that. They're still vacillating with that. There's still control one way or the other. You can't have grace without truth, and you can't have truth without grace. 
This is the reason that Jesus came, to liberate you, to get you off of your high horse, to think you're better or someone else is better than you. No, we are all equal in God's sight. And so when we're developing our relationship with him, we have to understand that there's, there's, no, there's no control there. It's liberty. It's true freedom that only God can give. I'm going to close with this scripture. It's found in Romans 6, 15 through 18. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given to you. Now you are free from your slavery and sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Righteous living. It's not that I'm righteous, it's that Christ is righteous, and Christ lives inside of me. He provides me with the ability to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You see, there's no ladder to climb anymore. You've already achieved that, but you can only achieve your right standing in Christ by your faith. Charging yourself, supercharging yourself in the morning, in the evening, you know, meditating on the Word of God, praying to God to just relight that fire on the inside of you. You know, God is not a controlling God. He is a liberating God. And He has liberated us from the influence of sin, not from sinning. This is why you need grace and truth. The truth is there to hold you to a higher standard, and the grace is there to make sure you can get there without losing it all. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. Well, it's time to close this message, and before I do, I just want to make sure every person watching this understands the Jesus that I know, the Jesus that I proclaim. He's not a religion. He's not an idea. He's not mad at you. He is there for you in every possible way. And I want to give you an opportunity to rekindle a fire with him because you've given your life to him before and you've kind of grown cold. Maybe you've walked away or maybe you've never received the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ and it's your time to receive him in this moment. The Bible is very clear. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you will be saved. So we're going to confess Jesus as Lord of our lives. Please, please pray this out loud with me as I pray. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you, Father God, to become the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. I rekindle this fire again. This fire that you began in me, Father God, and he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. If you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please put something down in the comments. Just say, I received him. I refreshed my, my walk with him. I, I came back to Christ. Just let us know. I just want to thank you for tuning in. Please share this, like this, let your friends watch this, you know, let them know that you know Jesus. 
And I just want to invite every single person watching this broadcast to our Sunday services, both 9 and 1030. Uh, You'll be able to come here and see our brand new parking lot. Thank you to everyone who contributed to make that a success as well. Otherwise, God bless you all, and I'll see you very soon.